Okay. On the road again. <laughs> Just can't wait to get on the road again. That's right. Here we are. Where are we on the road? We are in Utah. In route. About 160 miles outside of Zion. St. George. Oh, oh, yeah. St. George also. And then also 160 miles away from Zion National Park. We are. Maybe a little more. So if you're catching some of the road noise, we are doing like we did last summer. Um, for those of you that remember, we are podcasting from the road. Might as well kill some time while we are in between cities. Well, let's kill some time talking about an important subject, which today is episode 35. And we are going to specialize in something that has been attacking us pretty, um, I don't know, somewhat. Head on. Yeah, mm-hmm. head on, head on. Uh, go ahead, introduce it there, Nisa. Yeah, well, also today is not only our 35th podcast episode, but it is also our 18th anniversary of marriage. That, yeah. That's Wedded right. bliss. That's <laughs> right. So this trip, we are combining a couple things. We're combining family vacation with the Thornton side in Ure, Colorado, which we already did last week. We're doing a couple stopovers in Utah, and then my brother is getting married in Vegas. So we thought we would zigzag around and make some stops and make a road trip out of it. But um, just like any other trip that you go on, uh, you always have unexpected events that occur. Well, and knowing, you know, again, we're going to talk today about control and resilience, Um, And we obviously will, as always, relate that back to a creative lifestyle and and why, you know, it's relevant to that. But uh, for us, I don't know. Do you want to tell the story of what happened to us? I mean, bottom line here is that anytime we go on any trip, but especially a road trip, uh, Denise here loves to do the planning. She really I think you enjoy it, don't you? Yeah. If I have the time and the energy, it is fun for me. It's like a puzzle. Because I have to figure out where are we going to stay, not only just city-wise, right? Like if you're going between cities, where to stay. But then once you get into the city, where are you going to stay? um, And what things are there to do? So I like like researching all of that. But it's hard whenever I'm working full-time and I'm just doing it in the evenings. I kind of can't dedicate as much time as I'd like well, to. Well, it's a creative moonlighting thing as well. I mean, it's like me and movie stuff, you know, I, I would love to do it all the time, but you know, whenever you get home from a long day of work, sometimes it just kind of gets pushed to that back burner. Or it takes an extra push to get to it. And it's not always what you want to do. Yeah. So on this trip in particular, we started out, um, driving to Ure, Colorado. And I I can say I had great visions of reliving some of those great hikes we did last summer in Montana and Wyoming. And part of the reason why it was so much fun was because we had our um, companion with us, Bodie Girl. Yep. So our dog, right? Our four-legged, four-legged baby. And... Um, So just like we did last summer, we brought her tennis ball and her um, all of all of the toys. We set ourselves up basically to hike um, as much as we possibly could stand to hike. We actually never considered uh, 
anything other than she would just tag along with us on every hike we went. We, the only consideration is like, are we able to do the hike? Like the two of us. Right. And if we're able to do it, we've just assumed for the most part, based on what she showed us last summer, that she would be able to do it. So a lot of the planning that you did revolved around the idea that we would be able to all hike together. Right. So day one of the trip, or actually day one officially in Ure. Ure, if you guys have never been there, Ure, Colorado is amazing. It's called the Switzerland of America. And um, it's got a great hot springs pool, natural hot springs, and then a park connected to it, Felon Park. And uh, just like we always do every time that we go with the family, we head down to the park um, and we they have a, a track around it and then they have a great open field. So because it was the first day there, we thought Bodie's probably ready to get some exercise. She's been cooped up in the car. We we split it up over two days and we finally made it there and we walked down to the park And the very first throw that we throw the ball, she runs to sprint to go get it. And she drops the ball and turns and looks at us and lifts up her back leg. Yeah, her hind leg just, she just pulled it up and did what the vets call uh, going lame. So she was lame on that one leg. And then from that point forward, she has been lame on that leg and so and we, we're on the second week of the trip now. Yeah. And so that to us was a huge signal that something was wrong because she doesn't typically drop a tennis ball out of her mouth. She that she lives for chasing the tennis ball. And so we knew something was seriously wrong. Thankfully, we weren't in the middle of like an eight mile hike no. uh, up on the mountain. And so you promptly had to go back to the condo, get the car, yep. load her up. And then we had to. We ended up taking her to the vet the next day. And, yep. Uh, everything you know, if your if your dog, just for any of those of those of you, pet pet owners, dog owners, um, if your dog has a situation where they start pulling one of the hind legs up and won't put any pressure on it, uh, one of the first thoughts is that it's a knee injury. Uh, particularly with the ACL or dog ACL. I don't even think they call it. I, th- I think the, it's the scientific a CCA, name. It's called CCA, I think, Yeah, te- for scientific dog. for dogs is not ACL, but I'll, I think they advertise it as ACL because yeah. that's how we all, yeah. are what we're used to hearing. But, yeah, so at any rate, long story short, we, we find out that she tore her ACL on the first day of the trip, and she's going to have to have surgery. So all of the control that we thought we had all that you know that pocket all full the of plans, plans the yep. heart full of hopes uh and reliving full some of, of dust. those yeah. yeah it was really nothing it really meant nothing to have all of those plans i'm not saying not to, you can't plan for things because you obviously can but every so often those things just go to hell in a handbasket and, and that's what happened so it was such a heartbreaker too we we are it, we're we left Moab this morning and we're headed to Zion. And last year when we were in Moab, we did a couple great hikes. We went to um, Corona Arch, which is outside of the national park, and that was something that we learned was when you go to um, the national park, you can't bring your dogs, so you got to go hiking if you want to bring them outside of the park. And Moab has some awesome hikes outside so oh yeah it's it's i mean if you're a hiker outdoorsy it's it's a heaven 
on earth for that. Yeah, it's awesome. And so last year when we went, we did this hike to Corona Arch. And there is a part where you literally have to scale the wall. And we did it again this year, which was such a heartbreaker because Bodie couldn't go with us. But I still can't believe when I looked at that wall that she scaled that wall with yeah, us. Yeah, it's it's more like a dome kind of thing. It, but, you, you know, um, for those of you who live in Texas, if you've been to Enchanted Rock, it's like an extreme Enchanted Rock. Yeah. And you can, there's little footholds that you would have to stick your feet in and, you know, kind of work your way up. Well, for her being a dog, she was just plugging her paws into each one of those and, and climbing up. And we pushed her up, remember? Yeah. We and then she came up. down just kind of on all fours. I mean, uh, uh, like belly to the ground on all fours and just kind of shimmied her way down. It was, it was pretty incredible. Actually, it was a little mountain goat. But, yeah. Um, so... Um, and, and, and for those of you going to Moab, we'll, we'll throw in little things here and there. So one thing we learned is if you enter the park before 7am or you leave the park, or I'm sorry, if you enter the park before 7am or after 7pm, the offices are closed. So you won't have to pay an entrance fee to get into the park. And that's just, and those are the best times to go. Actually, the evening is the best time yeah, to go. That, the morning's not great because it's, it, first off, it gets light at like 530. Five. Yeah. And people are already working their way into the park. So it's already, it's already like park full by 7 a.m., you know. So it's, it, it's just a cluster to get in there early. It's actually perfect to go in late because it everybody's is. coming out. It's kind of one of those zig when everybody else is zagging yeah. type things. And that's been, that's been something that served us well. That's another part of the resilience, but we'll get to that in a bit. So yeah. what, what, what is, you know, how can we relate this control thing? I, I will say it may not sound like much if you're listening to it, but whenever you've made a made plans and your plans revolve heavily around one major thing that you want to do, um, when that thing doesn't work out, you know, it can throw your whole, it can throw a wrench in the whole thing, you know? And for us, it was starting to feel that way. Feel like you lost control over everything. Obviously, Nisa, you planned everything for months ahead of time. Yeah. And none of that accounted for what we're now trying well, to. Well, I mean, a couple things that were a challenge was we were in the middle of Colorado, far, far away from home. We needed to figure out where to take her to the vet. You know, but I would say um, somehow along the way, I had to realize that I wasn't going to be able to fix her leg. Right. And I needed to figure out what circumstance could I live with that I know she would be okay, that we could still enjoy the trip. Yeah. Right. And so a big part of that was we we found an animal hospital in Ridgeway, which is amazing. The animal hospital was great. Thankfully, it was only 15 minutes away. Yeah. 20 minutes away from where we were staying. And uh, apparently that vet was from the Fort Collins area, which is the big hub for vet um, treatment in Colorado. And so we went there and it it cost a little bit of money, not any more than what we would have spent in Austin. Actually, probably less than that. Yeah, actually, probably less. And it, she gave us some answers and some peace of mind that could allow us to set up the trip in a way that well, we had to like we had reset. To amend it, or we're having to amend it uh, in, in some ways, not particularly like how where we're staying, but how we're maneuvering, how we're moving. Uh, and 
you know, she's got to be, she's not able to go on any hikes. She's not even able to be off the leash. Really can't do much more than walk outside and go to the bathroom. Right. Right. So I don't know that, that kind of, and I know, I know that, you know, we were on vacation with my family, which was also, it's always interesting too, because you watch everybody when you go on a week long vacation, everybody has some version of that same thing going on. Everybody you know, we all want control over what's going to happen. We all, and we, and especially if you pour plans into it, man, it's like, it's the biggest paradox on earth. And you sit there and think about it. You're like, the more control I want, the less it's going to feel like I ever have, you know? Yeah. And it physically, the whole first part of the week took its toll on me, the whole idea of control, because it was out of my control and I was starting to stress or I wasn't starting. I stressed from the minute that she lifted her leg and I realized she was hurt on day one of the trip. Right. Yeah. And if I didn't figure out a way, I knew that if I didn't figure out a way to not stress about it, then the whole trip was going to be ruined. Well, and every day there would be a little hiccup here or there. It's like, hey, do you want to go for a hike? Well, yeah, but we got to get her her pain med like how or we, we gotta go or get gotta her x-rays done get x-rays or, done or whatever it's like so you had to we had to kind of adapt to this injury that she dealt she was dealing with or is dealing with and we're still kind of doing that right now but um well okay so let's connect it back to creative moonlighting yeah though. so <clears throat> a big part of travel that we've learned is that you can create from the road And so we knew that while we were on the road, you were going to bring whatever cameras that you wanted to your drone, your GoPro, your regular camera and get some footage. And I'll say those first couple days of the trip, it kind of stunted your creativity, right? Yeah. And why so? Why do you think that was the case? Well, I've been, you know, I've been working on these little cinematic shorts, you know, I call them that, whatever. It's just basically a chance for me to practice in a really short, short form, kind of low stakes, um, setting where, you know, it's just on our YouTube channel, Griffin Co. And, you know, it's maybe a two to three minute short movie with, you know, trying to compose cool shots or whatever, wherever you are and and come up with some kind of a little storyline, just simple as that. But, you know, I had this stuff in mind I can't honestly, I can't even remember what I was, what direction I was leaning toward when all of this, before all this happened. Well, here's I, the irony I don't even of remember. It. I don't even remember what I, because I did have a brainstorm going about what little short I wanted to make while we were in Uri, but I don't remember what that was. No, now. the irony of it was we were walking to the park with Bodie and you said, I'm going to make a cinematic short. I'm going to get some footage this week. What do you think could be some of the themes? Oh, yeah. Theme. And we had watched a couple conversations happen just driving up to Colorado. And there was an obvious um, tension on who had control in this situation. Right, right. And so before any of this happened, we were walking to the park and I said, well, why don't you make it? Somehow, how can you make the cinematic short a visual about control? About, yeah, this this and, idea of control. And we thought... And why we need it so badly. We thought that it would all be focused on everybody else in the family and not us. Right, right. <laughs> that was exactly right. We were going to look at it and go, all right, let's see if we can kind of 
silently break down what's happening in these different moments. It wasn't anything more you would see it on any family, in any family, in any yeah. family trip that you ever go on or, or really any family event where you get more. Cause the weird part about with families, especially when every, all, you know, everybody's grown, my sisters have kids and, and, uh, we got our nieces and nephews there. We got my parents and, you know, they're, they're playing the role of parent and grandparent and, Everybody's got the roles that they play in normal everyday life, but then when we're all together. We're trying to cut loose and relax and everybody does it a different way. You know, everybody's got a different method for how they they cut loose and relax. And some people don't really do a great job of cut loosing and re- cutting loose and <laughs> cut loosing, cutting loose and relaxing because, you know, they, they're just, you know, if they have a plan in mind. And that's why that's kind of got me thinking about it even then is the more of a plan you have, the less likely you are to. Um, to be li- able to live it, live to, it out. To, yeah, yeah, because yeah, because you to see it, you don't see have it any come freedom. To to, yeah, right. And and if one thing starts to go wrong, you st- you you start trying to overcompensate for it. So anyway, we were kind of watching little things happen, just that being a theme that we were noticing, and and so. Yeah, you brought that up and no, not even not not, um, not five, five minutes, minutes later. later. Yeah, not five, and it's like it's so easy to recognize when someone else is going through a little power struggle in their head with the idea of being able to control a situation the way they want. Right. It's so clear to be able to diagnose that in someone else that's around you. But you just don't assume it's going to happen to you. And then when it does happen to you, it's really, really hard to get out of it, to get out of it. And you're just sitting there going, man, I had all the answers when the problem was with you. <laughs> now that it's with me, I don't know. Yeah, and because emotion is tied in. Yeah. It. And so the instant that that happened, it put us in the the driver's seat of having to deal with trying to let go of whatever control we thought we had. You know, it's like total one of those. John Lennon quote moments where, you know, I remember he said, uh, life's what happens when you're, ma- you're out making other plans, mm-hmm. you know, and we were, we were ready full steam ahead into this planned out, you know, week that we were going to do and boom, it just snapped <laughs> yeah. literally and figuratively. Yeah, um, literally. So I think, um, a couple things, let's see about control that, uh, I had to work through in my head. Well, um, this is where the resilience piece comes in because if you can't figure out the res- and this goes, I hope that we're making the connection here, but when you're doing any kind of creative work or, and I know there's an awful lot of planning that goes into filmmaking, but then you basically just have to know that all those plans that you're making, those are going to break your heart at some point because something's going to be different or go different or go wrong. Uh, and quote unquote wrong. It, it, however, if you're a resilient person, there is no such thing as going wrong. It's just going different. You know. Well, yeah. Okay. So a couple things about control or even planning, like all of these things tied in together, right? So something I've learned about when we go on these trips is number one, the things I need to have in place um, are where are we going? How long are we there for? Right. And maybe what are a couple things I want to do while I'm there? And then I got to leave it open to playing out the way any way that it's going to play out. Any whatever the day is. Now, I don't want to be so laid back about it that then I miss the opportunities to even go do the things I want to do. You know what I mean? But I've learned that if I don't 
um, leaves some room for filling in the holes, then I'm just trying to go about a schedule every day. And then I'm, I'm feeling rushed between things, right? I can't experience things in the moment. I think about for creative creativity, if I can't get my mind out of a place of control, I'm not going to be present. I'm not going to notice the things that are happening around me or the scenery or any of that. And so I'm just living in a world well, of trying to control well, then what in happens that, in that sense. You're actually not being creative at all. No. Um, I mean, it's it, it literally I think that could be one of the definitions or one of the key definitions of creativity is the ability to be open and present and be able to start pulling things together in the moment and create something that's, you know, taking a bunch of smaller parts and creating a bigger whole kind of thing, you know? And if you just think that you've planned everything out and then when you get there, all of a sudden something changes and now you're just spinning your wheels trying to get it back to the way whatever idea you had in mind. Well, now your creativity has gone out the window and now you're just being a slave to your your idea of controlling this situation rather than adapting to it or being resilient with it. And I've seen, you know, I've actually seen movies done that way and worked on sets and been on uh, different TV shows and things like that where the you could tell, you could just tell the difference on, in the, the, the production team and the directors. Some of them were there wholly like creative and open to whatever's going on in the moment and others they were there just trying to carry out whatever blueprint they constructed right. while no one else was around. And the, and in those moments, it's really weird because the director won't even notice anything. Like, you know, for me being an actor on those, the director wouldn't even notice what I was even doing, much less tell me anything, you know? Yeah. Um, because they already had this idea about whatever it is that they wanted to shoot or whatever, you know. Yeah. And then you actually lose these opportunities to learn things about yourself or about other people. So in whenever I'm teaching, right. And I have a room full of people and of course I have a script, right. Of course I have probably a full six hour day that I'm supposed to facilitate different conversations or experiences. And it's even down to scripted questions, right. Well, a lot of times, and you know this from teaching too, is a kid or a student or an adult is going to ask a question that wasn't part of the script. And I can choose to ignore that question and move forward because it doesn't fit in with my plan. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't fit your agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Or I can wait and say, you know what, let me see this out for a couple minutes and ask them to explain what they're thinking. Or let me see if I can find it in the case of Bodhi. Let me see if I can find what my options are and see if we can still make this work. Well, and if you become a slave to that mental model that you created, it seems like it seems like you're, you're prone to miss a whole bunch because if it almost seems like you'll miss anything that doesn't fit into the model, you know? And God knows we don't have the capacity in our brain. We have a lot of capacity in our brains, but we don't have the capacity to be able to just 
hold on to every little piece of information and access it at any you know point in time. I mean, some people are gifted in that way, but most people aren't. And so if you're not even, you know, if you're just kind of tunnel vision going through with your, your blinders, I, I don't even see how you can be creative because you, you really are just missing out on so much because you're just stuck on whatever is in your brain and what's been on your mind, you know? Well, yeah. And then, which is easy to do. I know I've done it. I've done it when, many times when you can get out of it and you can try to be open to whatever is going to play out. Right. Like maybe you found a, you've had to adapt and you have to figure out a different way to go. So in this instance, I'll be specific. Like this week, um, we had to take her to the vet twice and the second time we went, we took her to get x-rays and we took her into Ridgeway. Well, it turned out while we were waiting there for her to get done, they had a great farmer's market. Right, and like right. That we market. would have never known about or never, never even gone. Even if we had known about it, we wouldn't have gone. No. And then we learned a couple of cool or got a couple of cool ideas. You got a great idea about those bags that right, that lady yeah, made. So there's a lot of creative, cool stuff going on at that market. Yeah, she was taking old books, book covers and turning them into purses. And she was somehow printing them on these, yeah, these bags. It's pretty wild. Yeah. And then, so, and so we were able to make the most of it, you know. Um, If I would have just been all about control, I might have just sat in that doctor's office and waited for her to get done and... Well, and, and it seems like there's another step in there. We're calling this, you know, control and resilience. Obviously, those are the two key components. But there's a giant piece in the in between losing control and being resilient. The big piece in the middle, it seems to me, is acceptance. You yes. have to be able to accept whatever the hell it is you can't control. Yeah. And then you can move on about being resilient, or at least that's the experience I've had with that. And I've definitely gone through this on creative projects more than one, actually many more than one. Well, and it makes me think of the serenity prayer. You know, I tell you that a lot, but what, like what, what is it again? for Al-Anon or for AA, the serenity prayer is God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And okay, so that's, that's accepting it, right? That's saying. Like, I have heard you say that out loud. Oh yeah. I say in it. my presence. I makes say me it wonder al- who it's directed at. Yeah. I say it aloud a lot. You're going 15 South. Okay. So follow those signs. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, have to remind myself of that say it out loud to, to reset my brain, because I can tell you knowing myself type a personality. I mean, I love to be in a state of control where I feel like, Oh, I got everything under control right now. It's why I like lists. It's why I like making lists and crossing, crossing things off when I'm done. It's why I'm very, that does feel good though. I mean, and I'm not necessarily a type a, at least not all the time. I am sometimes, but most of the time I'm not, but that, that crossing shit off your list thing is great. Well, and that is a control thing, you know, it's a, it's saying, okay, well I have these things that I set out to do and I'm going to, I'm going to write them down and then I'm going to cross them off once I'm done to show proof that I did it. Right. Yeah. And so you know, I I was so set on this vision of really reliving a lot of the fun memories that we had from la- fun experiences we had from last summer. But what I have to remember is that 
we can still have fun experiences. They're, They're gonna just going to be different. Yeah. And I got to learn also to, like you said, accept what it is and then be open to whatever is going to play out so that I can maybe get some new ideas as far for creativity. Well, right? and it's funny how, you know, people always say it's like you don't really learn something until you're forced to do something that takes you out of your comfort zone or whatever. And we can, you know, I go around thinking like that or repeating that kind of idea, but it's weird. You can repeat it. It doesn't mean shit until it happens to you. And then when you get punched in the mouth with it, now all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah. Remember that thing you were saying? Try taking your own advice now, you know? Yeah. And I think it's also knowing yourself well. So in the, in, for me, I know the way that I can get over control. Uh, oh, yeah. Though this might sound like I'm actually just trying to control things. But the thing that I had to do this week was the doctor gave us her diagnosis. And she said, likely it's her ACL and you're going to need to have TPLO surgery. So those are a bunch of letters, whatever. But long story short, it's your dog is eight years old. She's very active. We recommend this kind of surgery. In in adult in humans, it's ACL surgery. In dogs, it's TPLO surgery, right? And I knew that for me to be able to be present and to to enjoy the trip, I needed to do some research. And I needed to read about this surgery. And then I needed to find out for my situation, how could I make it so that I can get her the care she needs as soon as we get back, right? And I did that with Griffin, with our previous dog. That's how we got Griffin Co. Productions. That was our our um, original baby. And when he got congenitive heart disease or uh, yeah, whatever, congenital, congenital I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what the word I'm, is. We're probably totally saying that wrong. Yeah. It was heart disease, though. Yeah, when he got heart disease, I did the same kind of research. Congestive. 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 Okay, sorry. <laughs> What's congenital? I don't know. Genital. I just said genital. I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) I think congenital is a word, but I don't. Okay. I need to look that up. Okay. So anyways, um, when I looked up that, that's how it helped me to accept that. Sure. He's got this heart disease, but here's what you can do about it. Here's what you can't do about it. I think I needed to know that too. Yeah. I think you probably needed to know that first. Here's what you cannot do about it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't fix it. Yeah. And the same thing for this situation. I can't fix Bodie's leg. Yeah. The only person we can, we can pay to get it fixed, but it ain't going to happen today. It ain't going to happen next week. Yeah. The only, the only person that could fix Bodie's leg is somebody else, a vet, a surgeon. Right. So anyways, that's knowing myself so that I could be present. So then when we went on our hikes in Moab, I could be present. I could notice things around me versus being constantly in my head worrying about scheduling her surgery or how much pain she's in or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I I guess I hope, you know, I think that's a great point is really knowing yourself because some people, some people just kind of come by this naturally. I don't know. And it's weird. I, I think in my case... I sometimes am very resilient and I sometimes am very stuck on having control over something. It just depends on what that something is. You know, I know I've been that way with, with writing before or, or, you know, projects, movie stuff. I've, I've gotten into a, fallen into a a phase of like, I need this to be 
under my control. I don't, and it's not even like a conscious thought. It just kind of starts to happen. And then it, before I, you know, it's like a runaway freight train. You look at it and you're like, oh my God, how did I get this far down the road and never stop and go, hey, chill out, adapt to what's happening here. You don't have to force it. Don't force it. But it's just so easy to do, especially when you care about something uh, a lot, you know, I don't know. That, uh, and, and it, you know, with this particular subject, there's a tendency, I think, to get a little preachy. I think we're just basic. Hopefully nobody's taking it that way, but we are basically just relaying something that's super fresh. And we were yeah, the all, wound is wide. It's open wide right open. Now. It's still got some salt in it. We, yeah. you know, but we uh, we're 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 making it work. And again, that may seem like because I know people actually I know people right now going through stuff that's way worse than what we're going through in terms of just having a. Uh, hiccup on a trip or, or having to, you know, an injury to our, to our dog, you know, it could have, could have been so much worse. She's, she's injured. She's not sick for life, you know, but uh, when that kind of thing happens, it's just amazing how much it can throw you off your course and how hard it is to recover or to, yeah, to get, to get it back. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. We're going to do a top three. I think we're, we're, about ready for that. Yeah, I I started one. Okay, um, go ahead. Uh I think you said it earlier, but I think anytime that you are operating in the mindset of just control, 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 control and then something blows up in your face, I think the first thing you have to find a way to do is accept what the situation is. Yeah. Yeah, right? I think that's huge. Except and it's the hardest part, I think. It means that you cut loose of whatever serious plan that was in your head and go, all right, this thing is getting scrambled. Now I either got to adapt the plan and get it back on track, or I got to come up with something completely new, but whatever it is, your mind's about shit's about to get four dimensional. Cause it's, it, it's not going to be easy, but accepting is the first thing. I think you're right. Right. I think the second part we just talked about was knowing yourself and how you can get yourself to a place of acceptance and presence, I guess, where you yeah, try get get caught up to speed. It's almost like you have to like, it's like you have to know yourself well enough to be able to sit and have a self-talk. Whenever, yeah. You know, you do. It's almost like I think about if you're at home and you have a bunch of guests at your house and everybody has stuff everywhere and you're not used to having your house have Sounds crap. like you're talking from personal experience. Yeah. You're not used to having shoes and bags and groceries stuff and stuff everywhere, right? And so when you wake up in the morning and you're like looking around, you're like, what is it that I could do right now <laughs> that can get me to a place where I could just go through the day and not be thinking about all of this, right? Yep. So that might be, I got, I'll go around the house and pick up empty bottle, like empty water bottles or well, whatever Well, you clean up is, what or, you can. But one thing that I notice is that in this, in that particular case that you're talking about, one, one thing is like, and this is probably true for any instance, try to focus on what's positive. It's awesome to have guests at your house. You just have to endure yes. having their stuff everywhere, you know, but you got to remember that you'd rather have them there than not there. Oh, you know? I, okay. So this might be the third one too, which I hadn't written down yet, but maybe also to accept the fact that it's temporary. Yeah. So like in that instance of having guests around or in Bodie's instance, it's not like this forever. Yeah. It sucks. It's happening right now. 
and at this in this particular point in life but it's not going to be forever and it's gonna either improve it's gonna improve right some way somehow it's going to improve and so i just got to remind myself that it's not it's not always going to be like this yeah yeah and and it's it's assuming that it is one of those scenarios i mean we're even dealing with a, a really close friend of ours who just lost a loved one um and that's a more final yeah that's a more final scenario now obviously the finality of the loss is final but maybe the pain the isn't pain going is, to be like this and maybe the maybe even the pain is final like that's going to be there forever but life is going to just like it does go on you know it it's just has a way of doing that and so even that part is somewhat temporary or it is temporary it's just I don't know. There's all, all kinds of degrees of loss of control, but I hope uh, maybe maybe this talk today. I, certainly, we're, most of our podcasts are more note to self than they are note to you. Yeah. But uh, uh, we just broadcast them for you to be able to think about it, too. Or maybe, you know, maybe it makes you feel less alone. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. Control and resilience. Anything else you got? No, I think we covered it. Okay. All right. We will catch up with you somewhere down the road for episode 36, whatever episode 36 may bring. (laughs) Adios. Happy trails.